from the University of Portsmouth. Um, I am uh, I work in the accounting department. Very exciting. Um, <laughs> but my background is in forensic accounting, which is why I'm very interested in corruption and financial crime. Hence my choice of book, um, which is The Fall of the House of FIFA by uh, David Kahn. Um, and it, you know, I also kind of like reading a lot of um, thrillers and it really does read uh, a, a lot like a thriller and I think we all could do with some escapism right now so hence hence the choice. And when did you pick the book up first and, and what's its, its significance to you beyond you know your, your professional background? Yeah I think I, uh, a couple of years ago now I probably uh, picked it up. I've been reading a lot uh, around the kind of FIFA scandal just because I find it interesting. Um, um, I guess I kind of started getting interested in it because of my background and my work, but I've always loved sport and hence the the, the kind of direction. Um, and I've read a few of David Kahn's previous books, which are uh, a little bit more, well, I wouldn't say happy, but, you know, kind of talking more yeah. about the sort of grassroots side of things and what whatnot. Um, so I picked this one up and then I got very much into the whole, um, you know, they, they, it kind of goes through the, the whole history of FIFA and then how it all started to go very, very wrong um, around about the 70s and then how it got even more wrong in the, uh, the sort of 90s and then even more wrong <laughs> in the late 2000s. So. Yeah, it was uh, quite an interesting sort of mix of football and history uh, and, like I said, thriller and kind of crime side of things. Um, so, yeah, I've uh, found it quite interesting. He's, a, he's got a lovely style, Con, hasn't he? He can, he can treat these really massive events. You know, his, his writing around Hillsborough, for instance, has been remarkable. And he has this ability to encapsulate very uh, uh, intricate and complex issues in a way that's accessible to the ordinary person to read? Yeah, I think so. I, I definitely like his writing style. There's, there's this kind of ability to bring things to life. He, he doesn't talk about things that he doesn't know about. He brings in some really great personal anecdotes in as well. You know, I wrote to X and they wrote back effectively, you know, giving me the finger or whatever. Um, and it's, it's, it kind of makes it, it, it really brings it to life a lot more than um, other books on kind of similar subjects. Um, so, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And his accessible writing is brilliant. Um, like I said, kind of thriller escapism type stuff, only uh, about real life events, which makes it slightly more worrying than it would otherwise. Um, how do you make forensic accounting sexy? Presumably he's not doing the forensic accounting, but, but presumably then this really is ultimately a story of forensic accounting. It's about following money trails. How, how does he how does he make that sexy? Yeah, it, it, he, he does make it sexy. I mean, from, from my experience, a lot of my forensic accounting uh, life I spent, you know, by a computer typing stuff up has what not particularly glamorous, I'll have to say, it is still accounting. Um, but he manages to kind of talk about the, the human side of the money trail as well, and also the effects, because I think that's something that a lot of people sort of miss. Um, 
is what the effects of this money going into the wrong pockets and not going to where they're supposed to go, i.e., you know, to build stadiums, to build grassroots um, um, pitches and, 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 and train uh, coaches and whatnot, which is, you know, where a lot of these development funds are supposed to be going, where... Uh, and, and the whole bribery side of things as well. You know, this is money coming out of the football business, going into people's pockets. Um, and also, I guess, the cultural side of things as well. I mean, you know, it's really nice to see FIFA have... Um, I mean, the book stops with Seb Blatter, so it doesn't kind of go on to the sort of more modern reforms. But it is nice to see some of the reforms that FIFA have put in place since the, the, that kind of scandal broke. Um, so I guess it's it's a little bit historic now um, in, in terms of looking backwards. Um, but it is a, a, an interesting sort of take on the whole culture on the whole where the money goes and why we care or why we should care as football fans um about this money you see that's a really interesting point you know well i've got sort of two questions on that point first of all should you know why should we care if we've accepted the kind of neoliberal turn in football, whatever that means, I know as soon as you say neoliberal, people switch off, but you know what I mean? The kind of rampant, untrammeled, unregulated sort of form of capitalism that football is perhaps one of the greatest examples of. So A, if we accept that, why should we care about corruption? And B, do you think football is capable of learning the lessons of the FIFA bladder investigations? Two very, very good questions. Um, in terms of the first one, I think it's important for, I, I mean, I've had lots of conversations with, with students, with friends who kind of go, well, you know, this stuff happens, right? And it's trying to get people to understand about kind of joining the dots. Yes, if this money kind of comes out of football, it's not improving, um, it's not improving grassroots, it's not improving um, uh, academies, it's not improving the youth, and we are losing out as fans because that all kind of feeds through to the top of the pyramid eventually, right? Um, so that side, I think, is kind of important for, for people to sort of be aware and connect the dots. And it's sometimes quite hard for people to, to do that because it's not immediately obvious how, you know, somebody being bribed to do something is actually taking money out of the game. But it does impact that. Um, and in terms of your uh, second question, I think culturally FIFA like I said, have made some improvements. I mean, they've got uh, their, their legal portal is very good now. So you, you have access to a lot of uh, published decisions, a lot of documents that you did not have access to before. So there has been uh, a movement in terms of trying to make things more accessible, trying to make things more transparent. Obviously, the fact that a lot of these people involved in, in, in the FIFA scandal have gone to prison or um, are suffering the effects of that. So there has been a kind of change of personnel in inverted commas. Um, on the flip side, obviously, has the culture changed enough? I think time will tell. Because I wonder that, you know, whether the same kind of 
d different types, but it's similar in sort of, I don't know, um, type forms of corruption still exist within the transfer system, for instance. And the transfer system is even less transparent. It's even more opaque, sorry, than the kind of money that's going to grassroots through the, the FIFA family. Now, will, will we ever be able to say hand on heart that we have managed to reach a, a, a mode of football governance that is transparent? I think we have a very, very long way to go until we get there. Um, I don't think it's impossible. Obviously, there are arguments. I mean, around the transfer side of things, there are very good arguments for keeping certain things confidential uh, for business purposes. Right. I know we don't like to talk about football as business, um, but, but it is. you know, ultimately it is. Yeah. It is a business. And, and, you know, there are reasons why certain transfers aren't disclosed. But, you know, if... If some clubs can do it, you know, like Juventus always do, their accounts are always great, um, kind of list quite, quite, um, quite transparently a lot of the stuff that goes on. Um, you kind of wonder why the rest of the clubs can't do that. Uh, and I think you need a sort of guidance from the top to kind of instigate that change rather than from the bottom. What do you think coronavirus and the and the outplaying of C nineteen is going to be uh, for the transfer business and for you know are we going to see the same massive transfers that we used to see and if we aren't you know will we see more transparency then? I think it's very difficult. I think um, from kind of the forensic accounting side, obviously organised crime are not doing particularly well as a result of the coronavirus. Um, because, well, because <laughs> How dare you make a link between cash, How dare right? you no, make a link between organised crime and football? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we if we're talking about corruption, right, and we're talking about money laundering, then you sort of have to kind of consider that. Organised crime, not doing so well at the moment because people aren't going out. They're not using cash. They're not, you know, there is a, a kind of downturn in that side of the business, um, which then makes you wonder whether you would see from the kind of corruption side, whether that would require more corruption or sort of less need to launder money if they don't have as much. So I think from the dirty side of the game, it'll be very interesting to see the effects, and I, I can't really call it. It'll be interesting to see.